Local Content Podcast, your go-to source for content creation, strategy, and business inspiration. I'm your host, Mel Daniels, content strategist, coach, and speaker, empowering women across the globe to grow their business with powerful content that connects, nurtures, and converts. So if you're ready to create standout content that gets you noticed and remembered or build an aligned audience who love you and are ready to buy from you, you're in the right place. I believe that content has the power to connect us all. It's up to you how you use it. Listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests, as well as practical tools and strategies from me. It's so lovely to have you here. Let's dive into the show. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 75 of the Powerful Content Podcast. You know what? I'm really looking forward to this conversation I'm going to have today because having started my own journey as a virtual assistant, I've really seen the amazingness that can happen in businesses when they reach out for help. So today I have with me Leanne Wolf. Leanne is the founder behind Audacious Empires and OBM Academy. She's an award-winning online business manager, an integrator, a bookkeeper, an avid business networker and connector, a systems junkie, my kind of gal, a tech lover, and a mother of six kids, including two sets of twins and two foster babies with an uncanny ability to spill every single cup of coffee she attempts to drink. Her dream team is an empire builder's secret weapon. Welcome to the podcast, Leanne. Thanks, Mel. How are you going? I'm great. I'm absolutely fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this conversation I'm going to have with you today because like I said, I started my entrepreneurial journey as a virtual assistant and I know how important it is to ask for help and get help and the amazingness that can come out the other end of that. But my goodness, you've certainly got your plate full with six kids on your hands, but you also run a team as well. So I would love for you just to share a little bit more about your journey, if you can, and how you've managed to grow your own team. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Super excited to talk about this with you. Um, I find that these are some of the common questions that I get asked a lot in terms of where did we start? Where did we go to? How do I find the right support? And knowing all the differences between the different kinds of support you can get. So I think it'll be really useful. In terms of me, I started as a administration virtual assistant in 2012, end of 2012. And I kind of stumbled into that a little bit. I had lots of skills in administration, in corporate admin, in reception. I have been admitting clients since I was like 13 years old, super organized. And then I found out that I could do courses in admin. And at the time I had just dropped out of uni. I did six months of an accounting degree and decided I hated it. And then was like, what am I going to do now? Saw that you could do admin certificates and was just like, how did I not know this my entire life? It was like Christmas. So I did every (laughs) single one I could. And then I found out about virtual assistants. And so I thought, yep, that's perfect. Let's do that. And that's how I got started there. And I have grown up in a small business family. So mum and dad always had a mechanical workshop fixing cars. And so I literally grew up 
crawling around with grease on my knees. Like that was my life. And so I've had a lot of exposure to business. So when I opened my virtual assistant business, I operated it as a business. And it sounds quite simple, but it actually wasn't common then. There were a lot of virtual assistants that kind of thought, oh, I can, I need to do something or I need to do something while I'm raising my kids and I'll just do this. Whereas for me, I treated it like a business that had goals and it had structure and, you know, I marketed it, which means I got further, faster than most people in the industry, just from that different exposure that I I had had. And then after a few years, in all honesty, I got really frustrated. I got compared to cheaper services, $5 an hour services, uh, getting asked what the difference was and what's the point. And then I just thought, what I can do is worth so much more than that. And I'm tired of having conversations like this. And I'm tired of having conversations with prospects asking me, well, if you're going to work from home, are you, you can't be doing the dishes or you can't be doing the washing in the middle. And I was just, it's shocked me, but I was just like, this is the perception that people have. And so from that frustration, I rebranded everything. I became Audacious Empire. So I was Virtual Infinity. I became Audacious Empires, I rebranded the messaging, I rebranded the design and started calling myself an online business manager, which better reflected what I was capable of doing. And all the while in that process, because I'd set up a business structure, I had already planned, okay, once I get to this point, that's when I need to get support for me. I need to get a team member in and I knew the kind of person that I wanted when that happened and really it wasn't traditional. I wanted to give someone who had skill an opportunity to get their foot in the door because at the time there was 200 plus applicants going for admin jobs and I have like a really good resume at that point in admin and I was always coming up second in all my interviews and I thought at that time if I'm having a hard time what if it was someone that had no experience and they're genuinely capable and skillful and they just want someone to give them a go but they're never going to get in if people who have experience like me since I was 13 which is unusual aren't coming out first and so it became my goal from then on that when I needed a person I was going to find someone who had the capability to be incredible that I thought wouldn't get the opportunity somewhere else. And then that's how I found Chloe. And so Chloe has been with me for five plus years and has grown with the business and is like my right arm. She's my fake sister. (laughs) And the relationship between us works really well. And she understands how the business operates, what we're here for, the way that we serve people. And then since then, we've grown the team together. So when we see a gap or start to see, okay, we are needing a skill here or just we are getting overloaded, we need to find someone, the right kind of person who can fill this spot. And then we do it together and we find that person. So now that's how we've grown our team and continue to grow our team. 
Oh my goodness. There's so many things that I want to pull out of that story if I can, Leanne. And the first is the fact that you had exposure to business, which I think is so important. I personally did not. I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. I never had those role models in my life in terms of running a business. So the fact that you had that in your life already, I think is just such an amazing start. So yeah, awesome. And then the the second thing is that you treated it like a business. So you went further faster. I think a lot of us in our heads, we may think that yes, we're running a business and yes, I have this amazing business, but do we really? Do we do the things that we need to do in order to grow our businesses and go further faster? So I really, really love that. So thanks for just explaining all about your journey and how you've grown your team. I know that so many other people will really resonate with the fact that you chose someone to join your team who had the skills but didn't necessarily have the opportunity. I think that is super special, Leanne, super special. And more people need to do that as well. Yeah, thanks, Mel. No, it <laughs> definitely has paid off in spades, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, it has, hasn't it? It's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned the term virtual assistant then, that you started as a virtual assistant and then when you rebranded into Audacious Empires, you switched the term to online business manager. So there's the term virtual assistant, online business manager, and I know that you use also use the term integrator as well. So in this current space, I really think that it's difficult to grow without help. And when we're thinking about what to outsource and who to outsource it to, it can get a little bit confusing and we're not quite sure where to start. Kind of on top of that, the different titles that people call themselves, it's kind of no wonder that some people don't even try to find someone to help them because, you know, they're just so overwhelmed with it all. So in your space, I know that there's different ways for for people to get help in their business. So where do we start with those terminologies? Yeah, and you've hit the nail on the head. It is really confusing. And even in the industry itself, people aren't quite clear on what the differences are, but because of the whole I needed to shift messaging, I actually got quite a good grasp on the nuances. So we've got virtual assistant, VA, OBM, online business manager, and we have integrator or business integrator. So a really quick rule of thumb is if you're looking at the three different roles, the level of strategic input that you get scales across them. So when we say VA in terms of this podcast, I'm talking about a general admin VA. So general support in your business. And then you've got OBM and integrator. So at a general VA level, it is less strategic input and advice. They are the hands on the ground. Um, And then as you go to OBM and then to integrator, that level of strategic advice, expertise, experience, and input increases. And so if you think about it like that, then it makes sense that, okay, if I am just starting out and I need some support and I don't have a big budget, then I'm going to go with a VA because as the strategic input increases, so does the price. So if you measure it by that strategic piece, it kind of fills in the gaps of what the other parts of the role are. So a virtual assistant can specialize in all different kinds of things. So you can have social media VAs, you can have design VAs, you can have general admin all-rounder VAs, which usually is what gets compared to OBMs and integrators. And at that level, 
it is very filling a micro need or a specific need in a business. So if I'm starting out and I'm feeling overloaded and I need some help, but I don't quite know what, you can find a VA who will just do set tasks. Give them the task, tell them how you want it done, um, or just really clear on what you want the outcome to be hand it over, they'll do it, they'll hand it back. And that's the kind of relationship. They're there to fill that gap, that need. They're really good at what they do. And it's little bits and pieces of work or like, you know, we we do the design component, we do the social media component, whatever that might be that you need to. That's a virtual assistant. So it's more of a, more of a reactive relationship in terms of, I know I need this. And sometimes I know exactly the way I want it done. And I just want someone who can do it so I don't have to. So I'm going to hand it over to a virtual assistant and they're going to do it and it's going to be awesome. And then you move to online business manager, OBM. And OBMs, traditionally their role is operations focused. So they're looking at the whole business, the team, the different pieces and running that business. So it's management, online business management is the keyword here. And yeah, like I said, they're focused on operations, but there's a caveat. Usually they have a clear understanding and a firm grasp of digital marketing. And it's not to say that they need to be digital marketers, But if you're in online business land, marketing is a huge piece. And so to be able to do an OBM role successfully, you need to know at least what is in existence and the type of people businesses might need to work with or who you need to coordinate or the general process of how different things come together so that you can really get the results that you want for clients and so that you can get things running smoothly based on your own knowledge and then you use the team's expertise to add to that. And then we have integrator. Now, integrator is more of a newer term. It's come from a book by Gino Weichmann, which is called Traction. And it's about the person that sits under a visionary. So a visionary is the leader, has all the amazing ideas, like they generally will have been the founder of a business. And then they need someone who can pull these, you know, big audacious ideas and break them into tangible pieces to get that vision into reality. And the integrator is the person that sits under the visionary and above the rest of the team to do that coordination. So they integrate that vision. And at that same time, they integrate the team. So they're very much across what everybody is doing, keeping everybody on track, are incredibly proactive and strategically proactive and have a large share of input into, okay, if this is your vision of what you want to see, this is how I think you go about getting it. Or a big one, which people struggle with is, you can't do that right now. Or if you want to do that right now, it means this, this, and this. So it takes a different kind of relationship and a different role to be able to have that backward and forward communication and conversation. That is a great explanation. I really love that. And the fact that if we lean on that strategic part and think about, is it the strategy, more strategy that we need help with in our business, or is it the doing uh, that we need more help with in our business, then that's going to really drive who we need. Now, my question to you now, Leanne, though, is that do you find that people need 
these different types of people depending on how long that they've been in business because I kind of feel like, you know, if you're just in that startup phase, then maybe you would just need a virtual assistant. And if you're a little bit further along, you might need an online business manager. But do you see, you know, perhaps people who don't have a team take on an online business manager? Yes and yes. So it's a two-pronged approach. Um, It really depends on how people have come into business. So if they have, say, worked at a different organization and they've gone out on their own and they already have all the expertise and they grow very quickly, that is sometimes when people will jump to the middle and go, I just need an online business manager. So they've already thought it all out. They don't have as tight a budget as your standard just start from the ground up startup. So in that aspect, yes, generally, if you're just starting out and you you know, cash flow isn't really simple for you yet, then that's where you would start looking at, yep, a VA because there is no point getting an OBM on board if there's no consistency because it is such an, it's an ongoing kind of role and for them to do their best work, they need to be in, in the business. They can't just be in and out. Whereas if you've given a VA a job, okay, when we're designing this, I need you to go and do it. They don't need to be there every single day to see if something's changed. Whereas a role for an OBM is slightly different. So it has more to do with what your um, cash flow is like and how big of a role it is and how big that need is that you want filled. And saying that, then yes, I have seen people who, you know, build their business, build their business. And then they've gotten it to a point where it does have good cash flow. They've made an impression and they've built a brand that's recognizable and they just want someone who can help them run it. And usually when people are at this stage, if they haven't had any team members before, they're tired and they've done all of this and they've worked really hard to get it to where it is, but they just can't operate at that level anymore because it's too much for any one human. Yeah. So they're the ones that would then jump into the OBM boat Mm. at the start and get that pressure relief. Awesome explanation. And I think that a lot of my listeners will be able to identify at which stage they are at and think about what kind of help that they need in their business. I wanted to just ask you a question about working with someone else in general, Leanne, if I could. How can you ensure or do you have any tips that you could give my listeners If they're thinking of outsourcing to a virtual assistant, an OBM, an integrator, how can they make sure that that relationship is successful? That's a really good question. Okay, so first step is getting the right kind of support at the right time. So I know if someone came to me and said, I need an OBM or I need an integrator, and then I got in the door and it was like, oh... I just want you to answer these emails or I want you just to sort out my Canva or I want you to create, you know, some beautiful design templates and it was haphazard, I'd be really frustrated and wouldn't want to do it because that's not what my role is. My role is like in, in operations. So there's a disconnect there and I'm frustrated and it's not because the client has done anything wrong. They just don't need me yet. They need a different skill. And so the first key to creating these really great relationships is going to the right kinds of people. And generally what you'll find is when you're talking to virtual assistants or OBMs or integrators, they'll ask you what it is that you think you need or if you don't know, they'll ask the right questions to help you work it out. 
And, you know, you know a good one from a not so great one when they kind of just say, oh, no, I do everything or, oh, we'll just get started and see. It's like you really need to be able to drill down and get the support and already have the ability to have that kind of conversation with the person. If the communication is really hard up front, it's probably going to stay that way. And it doesn't necessarily mean there is, you know, anything wrong with that service provider or anything wrong with you. A lot of it comes down to personality traits and communication styles. And those two things have a really big impact on specifically OBM and integrator relationships because of how involved they are. Whereas with a virtual assistant, you need to be able to communicate happily and easily and get along so that you don't have lots of confusion in terms of tasks and when things need to be done and how or what you're looking for. But the personality factor and that ongoing, you know, all day, every day type communication isn't as important. So if you're looking at successful relationships, it's all about respecting the roles in terms of yours and theirs. It's asking for advice. It's over-communicating. I find over-communicating is always, always better than under-communicating. And being really clear on the problem you want solved or being really clear saying, I don't know the problem, but this is what triggered me to look for support. I have this feeling or I'm seeing this situation and I need someone who can help me fix it. And then it's the job of the service provider to say, yeah, I've actually seen that with a lot of my clients or or, no, that's definitely not in my ballpark, but this is the kind of person you do need. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that communication is such a huge key in terms of relationships and especially when you outsource as well. So you've said like respecting the roles, asking for advice, over communicating and really being clear on that problem that you need to be solved or being clear on the fact that you don't know what the problem is that that you want to be solved and (laughs) really communicate that fact. Because I think that sometimes when people think about outsourcing things, they think that they are just going to be able to hand something over and then the other person will go and do it and then that's the end of it. Whereas it's it's not like that at all. They're, like they're, It is a leadership role. It is a mentor role. It is about relationships and having that two-way communication with the other person. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen, like on the flip side, like I've seen so many people feel burnt by VAs, OBMs, integrators, or people, you know, VAs, OBMs, and integrators feel burnt by clients. And then when they explain the situation and I see it, I just go, well, that's just because you didn't have the bases mapped out. And if you've had done all of that, like it's just miscommunication or unclear expectations or, you know, coming from the service provider side, it is my default to expect that the client doesn't know the process. They've never done this before. And if I don't explain it, it's just going to be difficult because they're going to be confused and then they don't know what you need and you don't know what they need and it causes problems that don't need to exist. And so I think a lot of the relationships could have ended a lot differently if they had have had those upfront conversations. Yes, absolutely. And we shouldn't be afraid to have them either, should we? If it's, you know, we, we want our businesses to be successful, so we really should make sure that we do have those conversations. So now we understand the difference between VA, OBM and integrator and we know who we need at what time in our business. How do we find that person? Oh, good question. So there's actually a lot of different ways. And 
there's no right answer here. The biggest thing is to keep an open mind when you're talking to people and to really know the kind of person that you will believe you'll get along with. So start with a basis. Then you go out to communities. So in the similar way that if you were looking for somebody to groom your dog, you would ask your friends, you'd ask your neighbors, you'd look in dog grooming communities or websites to find this person. And then you would narrow it down based on, well, I have this kind of dog. I have a cavoodle. I want someone who can groom a cavoodle. And it's the same when you're looking for support in your business. So there are a few different virtual assistant communities. And for me, I've been a part of them forever. They're amazing. The one I always recommend is virtually yours, virtual assistants, and they have job boards and you can sign up for free, list a position, the kind of role that you have or what you're looking for or the problem that you have, and then talk to people. And always I recommend talk to three people, especially if you've not done it before. It's a really good way to get your bearings because talking to more than one person, all of a sudden you start to realize the differences between service providers, whereas if you've only spoken to one, you've just got that as kind of your source of truth. And by talking to multiple people, you learn more about you and more about the things that you like and the things that you want and the things that you dislike and the things that you think, oh, no, that actually doesn't matter to me right now. And it gives you more clarity on the type of person that is going to fit your role. So that's one way. Another way is there's virtual assistant, OBM integrator directories. So a lot of the communities that have virtual assistant memberships, and the majority of them are titled virtual assistant because In our industry, a virtual assistant is anybody that does their role in a contracting manner from their own premises. So it covers everything as an industry. So even if you're looking at a VA website, it does not necessarily just mean an admin VA or a, you know, project type VA. It can have OBMs and integrators in there too. And a lot of these memberships have directories so that you can filter out and look for the kind of person that you want, whether it's based on location or skill. And that will give you a really good feel for what's out there. Another one, particularly if you're looking at the OBM integrator level is LinkedIn. OBMs and integrators are on LinkedIn. That's their space. That's where you'll find they they at least want to have a profile there. And the search function is really great. And again, you just narrow it down based on the location or what you're looking for. But my biggest tip is go with recommendations because if someone else has had a really good experience, then generally you're going to find a winner, especially if you say have three different recommendations from three three different people and you speak to these three service providers, generally one of them is going to suit you and your personality style. Plus they've come recommended. So the service provider wants to honor that recommendation as well. So they're going to live up to that reputation that they've built with their client. So they've got a little bit more skin in the game there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the the different ways you just mentioned there were there's communities. I've all linked to some of your favorites in the show notes, if we can, Leanne. The directories are LinkedIn, especially if you're looking for the OBM integrator level. 
and recommendations. Yes, absolutely. And then if you've actually absolutely got no idea and you don't want to post or ask, go in big, big Facebook groups and search for the term mm. VA, virtual assistant, online business manager, integrator, because you'll get a list of posts of people asking the exact same thing. And then you can see how everybody replied. And someone might have replied with, um, you know, a tone that you really liked or the service that you just thought, ah. Oh, Yes, that's exactly what I need. And it gives you that starting point. Fantastic. Great advice. Thank you so much, Leanne. Now, besides supporting other business owners to build their audacious empires like you do, you have an OBM Academy, which really helps virtual assistants retrain and upskill and just have the confidence to bring themselves to the online business management space. I know that you've got a free resource for anyone who's listening who happens to be a virtual assistant. And I know that there's some out there to help them think about that and really start to, f- to grow their business and head towards that online business management space. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so OBM Academy is interesting because I tend to not be a person with a big ego. So I am just one of the many and that's how I feel. But this came about because I started to have conversations with a few of my clients when I was in integrative roles and they had OBMs as well. And the clients were frustrated with the OBMs at the service delivery. And then because I was the integrator, I then had conversations with the OBMs as well. And from their perspective, they were frustrated and they were trying really, really hard and they did not know what they were doing wrong. And then as this pattern kept going, I found out that a lot of these OBMs were either VAs who wanted to be an OBM and had gone and done a course with somebody to do that, but hadn't been given the right skills, hadn't been taught the right things. And so they're working really hard and it's just not getting noticed or valued because it wasn't, they weren't given the right recipe. And then from the client perspective, they're frustrated because they've gotten essentially someone who needs a lot of handholding or can only kind of do one, like one part of the business really, really well, but then struggles with the rest when they wanted an OBM. So they're working in more of a VA manner with a specialized skill, but it's not what they actually needed. So we've got VAs calling themselves OBMs because they think that that's what they are. And then we've got clients getting annoyed at OBMs because they're not delivering what an OBM needs to deliver. And there's this big pool of confusion. And so after that happened a few times, I got frustrated, me, because I felt sorry for everyone involved. (laughs) And then I was just, I remember talking to a client about it and being like, this is so upsetting because I know how hard both parties are working here. And it's like you're speaking two different languages. And it was actually my client that said to me, so are you going to be someone that does something about that? Like fix it. And so ever since then, I was like, ah, okay, okay. And then I finally did it, which was OBM Academy. And to create OBM Academy, I went through all those different conversations that I'd had and gone, where are the pressure points here? Where are the things that OBMs now are struggling with or clients are struggling to understand what OBMs do? And how have I done it before to be really successful and to not have these issues? And that's what those questions and those points is the entire concept of OBM Academy. It goes through each one of those things. And there are nine things. And so then those nine things I've built into 
a roadmap. So a summary of basically here are the nine steps. You have to nail these nine things and you'll be successful in the OBM space. And so that's what the roadmap is. It's your taster. It gives you that picture of this is where I'm headed. Fabulous. Excellent. Well, I'll make sure that I link that into the show notes uh, as well, Leanne. So thanks for that. So before we finish up, I am all about women owning their superpowers. So what would you say is your superpower? So I'm going to go totally rogue and go outside of both the coffee spilling because literally every single day Chloe laughs, laughs at me. It's terrible. And outside of the super organized, bossy OBM girl and talk about people. People is 100% my superpower and I believe that my ability to read people, connect with people, understand people is what has contributed largely to my business because I can see what people are really needing and I can see where they're coming from and I can see when they're asking for one thing, if it really means that they need that thing or they have a different problem and they think that that's how to solve it. So just by understanding people and investing in people and the fact that I'm naturally a people person, I have the ability to have deeper conversations and to pull out the different things till I get a really clear idea of where someone is truly coming from and then stepping back and going, okay, this is what they've told me and this is what they think the solution is. But if this is really the problem and this is what they're experiencing and this is what they're feeling, they actually need this solution. And so that's what I end up presenting back and that it lands every time. And it's a bigger time investment and it's a bigger thought process, but it works. Connection with people is definitely a great superpower to have. Thanks for sharing that with us, Leanne. Before we finish up, what's your final parting words of wisdom? My parting words of wisdom are just start. So a lot of people, when they're looking for a VA, an OBM, an integrator, they think that they have to have everything ready to go and in place and the process is done or have that really solid idea of this is what I need, this is how I need it, this is when I need it. And honestly, if you've already gone down that rabbit hole, you're thinking way too far ahead. Just start because in my opinion... And this goes for VAs, OBMs and integrators too. If you're on the flip side, it's your job to help your clients work that piece out. And as a client, if you need support, you need support. So nobody on the other end is expecting you to have it all together because I bet you anything, if you looked behind the scenes at the business support professionals, VAs, OBM integrators, they don't have it all together either. Like it's, you're so good at what you do for other people but never for you. So they walk into your business and if it's messy or if it's not exactly what it needs to be, that's easy for them. It's familiar and it's just like, oh, great, cool. So we'll do one, two, three, and that will be sorted and this is how it works. That's their job, not yours. You don't have to have it all together. So my advice is always just start and let the different people with the experience, so you being the client and the things that you know and excel at, and your service provider and things they know and excel at, have the biggest say. Let lean on each other and you'll get further faster. Oh, what a brilliant way to end this episode. Thank you, Leanne. Just start. Just start. If you're listening and you're thinking about it, just start because Leanne says so. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today, Leanne, and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. I truly appreciate you being here. 
Thanks so much, Mel. It was such a good conversation. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at Meld Business. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking. I'm ready to work with you now. Here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the content effect, my membership inspiring women with service-based businesses to ditch the content chaos and start creating standout content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the content effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Pop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content. Bye.